Hello and welcome to Powerband Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. Uh, this is Season 4, Episode 7. My name's Ray here and joining me this evening is Matthew Day-Gillett. Kia and I just broke my chair that I'm sitting on. <laughs> oh no! Oh jeez, that's a bit creepy. There was something um, on, um, yes, on the I'm, Facebook I'm page a wee while ago that was um, you burn more calories riding your bike or something. I had a figure of the, of the calories you burn while riding your bike. Do you need to do some more riding? Is that what you're saying? I definitely need to do more riding. I just, I just leant forward and I felt this ping. And uh, to be honest, it's just a cheap uh, warehouse chair that we bought back when we lived in our tiny flat. Actually organised, in theory, two rides for myself to partake in in the next coming months. So uh, hopefully some more running will be happening in the very near future. Looking forward to hearing about that. Uh, what has been happening in the world of motorcycling this week? Well, there was a Facebook post that we shared on Sunday night, uh, and it's it's a quite a cunning wee post. Um, I, I shared the link with you there, Matt. Basically, they, they opened the store on a high street in London, and it was a whole bunch of worn motorcycle gear, a whole bunch of general gear. It was it was jeans, there was denim jackets, all with holes in it. You know, that's kind of what the what the uh, the fashion is at the moment. And uh, watch the link on the Facebook page. But essentially, a dude walks in, says, "How much for these jeans?" And uh, the the guy behind the counter says, "Yeah, yeah, uh, those jeans with the holes in them. Uh, that's going to cost you uh, punctured lungs, three broken ribs, and uh, a three day coma." Yes, yeah, sounds sounds good, eh? The one thing that I've got to say after watching that though, and um, I've had that on in the background on mute, is the people they're targeting are quite clearly young riders, and my personal experience as younger riders and I've done a couple of courses and whatnot over the years the younger riders always seem to be the ones that have kind of got the at get message like they wear more appropriate gear than the sort of older returning rider yeah from time to time there was that ride earlier in the year I definitely went I went on a ride, I went on a ride earlier in the year and there was a girl on the back of a Harley and the dude on the Harley was wearing full leathers dude, girl on the back she was wearing mumble pants uh, you know those Adidas kind of um, tight things, leggings, I guess you call them, uh, and a t-shirt. Uh-huh. Though you can, I, it was one of the things I learned last year uh, before I left my last job, was you can actually get Kevlar-lined leggings. Um, can't remember where you get them from, um, but I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, definitely if you're a fashion-forward uh, lady who likes to be seen, well, likes her calves to show while she's riding her bike, um Grab some Kevlar line leggings because I'm putting Kevlar on anything these days, apparently. Hey, um, I think we need to uh, kind of break tradition and, and not kind of follow exactly what we do every week because we haven't had a, a good discussion about Lamb's bikes in probably eight months. And so I wonder if we could um, have a yarn about, you know, what's available for the Lamb's rider as of this day and age and maybe what we can ride after we get our full license. Yeah, which coincidentally we both have. Um, even though we both ride Lamb's bikes. That's by choice, though, isn't it? I, I know I definitely ride my bike by choice. Yeah, well, it is. I ride my bike because I can't afford I actually wanted an MT-09, but I couldn't afford it, so I went back to the MT-07 LA. Well, it's not actually an LA, but it is now. It's in, The Lamb's MT-07 is known as an LA. 
la 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 la. <laughs> so uh, let's rattle through some of the choices for a lambs rider. Of course, you'd, as most people would know now, you don't have to be restricted to a, a 250cc uh, motorcycle. Uh, you can go up to 650ccs in most cases. Uh, kicking things off with Yamaha uh, in the MT range, you've got the MT-03, MT-07 LA, and you've got the MT-07 Tracer, which you can get in a lambs variant as well. And with the same engine, the XSR 700 LA uh, is more of a, what would you call that? A bit more of a cafe racer um, kind of retro bike? Yeah, it's a retro, modern classic-y kind of thing. I actually, it was one of the last bikes I rode when I physically worked at the New Zealand Herald. And I've got some really great photos that I stumbled upon. Um, unfortunately, I can't really use them on anything. Um, but if we post up a link, I can show you um, the review as it appeared in the Herald. Um, but I think it's a really good looking bike, that XSR 700. Yeah, it's quite snazzy. I do like it. I do like the look of it. Um, but rattling through the rest of the list, uh, I kept this one in the list because I thought it was quite interesting. I didn't keep any step through scooters, and Yamaha do a few of them. But uh, the Tri City 155, 155 cc, I'm led to believe, but it's three wheeled, so that could be an interesting option. Yeah, it's a groovy little thing that, and you don't actually physically need a Lambs license to ride one technically because, um, like that Piaggio MP3 I had at the beginning of the year, uh, you can ride it on a car license because of those two front wheels, which is kind of nifty. Well, depending on what it's registered as, there are a few registered as cars and there are some registered as motorbikes. Essentially, if it's got a front number plate, you can ride it on a car license. Yeah, but then you miss out on um, a few of the great things about riding a motorbike. Like, you can't ride it in bus lanes if you have it registered as a car, technically. Um, Though, whether you get... But you do get cheaper registration. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. Um, WR family, uh, also from Yamaha. So your 250R, 250F, and 450F are all lambs approved somehow. No idea how the 450F is lambs approved because those things are kind of weapons. Yeah, man. 450F with two sets of wheels. I'd have a street set of wheels and a dirt set of wheels. That'd be a great combination. Um, also, if you're into a bit of a cruiser, you can get the S, uh, the XVS650 and the XV250. The old Virago. I actually looked at one of those way back in the day um, and I was tossing up because um, for some reason I went through a cruiser cruiser bend but I couldn't actually bring myself to buy a non-lambs bike. I just had a bright crash and I need to get my confidence back. And I nearly bought the XV250 um, but the bike I bought in the end was a Hyasung GV250 had I think 10 horsepower more um, and only weighed a handful more kilos so I was like yeah I'll just go for the Hyasung. And carrying on through the list of Yamaha lambs bikes uh, if you're into the old sport bike you can get the YZF R1.5 or the R15 I think it's called uh, or the uh, R3 the YZF R3 all in Lambs variants as well and don't forget the XT250 and I think it's the TW200 um, which recently came back but I think they're kind of more targeting the TW as a farm bike It's that's the crazy Yamaha that's got basically big inflatable tractor wheels um, it's a funny looking thing but apparently it'll go absolutely anywhere um, so Especially places you wouldn't expect a bike with a sub-20 horsepower single-cylinder 200cc motor would go. Um, apparently it's a little tractor and it'll just go anywhere. <laughs> like I said, um, I do recall when I wrote a story about that a while ago, some dude rode one to the North Pole 
Um, I'll need to check up on that, but I'm pretty sure someone's ridden one of those uh, TW200s to the North Pole, and I think he did the South Pole one as well. Oh, that's interesting. We'll look into that and come back to it, eh? Suzuki next, I guess. Uh, Stay in Japan. Yeah, yeah. So Yamaha and Suzuki, the two powerhouses as far as selection when it comes to Lamb's bikes goes. Um, Kicking things off, you've got the SV650 and the SV650X. Essentially the same bikes, uh, throttle plate restriction and ECU restriction. So you can get an SV650 Lambs bike and turn it into a non-Lambs bike uh, by changing... Mm, I know for a fact you can do this, and it makes a huge difference, but... Technically, if you, it's, I think it might be illegal to sell it de-restricted. Yeah, I think that's a very, very grey area. Um, definitely morally, you've got to tell them that it's been de-restricted. Yeah, in terms of um, comfort, I'd go with the base 650 over the X, um, the ribbed seat on the SV650X. If you're doing lots of long trips, um, it can get a little bit uncomfortable because it's got all these big ridges in it and... Yeah, I don't know why, but um, yeah, the, the the base bike seat is a nice, flat, smooth one. Tends to be a bit more comfortable, uh, which is just an interesting fun fact for you. Other things on the Suzuki platter of uh, Lamb's awesomeness, the V-Strom 650 you can get with ABS and inside the bracket of uh, Lamb's bike, and the V-Strom 250, another bike that, that that's kind of, I believe it's based on, or she's the engine or something from, is the GW 250, which uh, doesn't appear on this list, but it is, I think it's still available, or you can definitely get a lot of them secondhand. Oh, is it not on Suzuki's website anymore? No. Because um, I know it's your favourite bike. Oh. That GW 250 in Azuma. Absolute favourite, <laughs> absolute. Uh, but that uh, that V-Strom 650, that is a pearler of a bike. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah, and you can get a couple of variants of that, I think. You can get um, a more roadie-specced uh, one with alloy wheels, and then you can get an X model, which has spoked wheels. Um, mm, not sure if that's the Lambs, though, is it? You can get a Lambs one, I believe, or as just swapping the wheels over at the okay. end of the day either. Uh, you got all your dirt bikes as well, your DR650, DRZ400, um, both in Enduro and Supermoto. So DRZ400 you can get, yeah, Enduro and Supermoto, moto, or you can just get one and get two sets of wheels. Hey, hey. Well, that's um, funny you speak of that. Um, a couple of the guys who I'm hopefully going riding with next week um, around Port Waikato, a couple of them have DRZ400 SMs, um, and they actually have different carbs as well between the SM and the Enduro, but they've kept the um, Supermoto wheels but wrapped knobblies on them, and apparently they go all right. <laughs> so I'll come back to you next week you know, after this ride and um, after I've had a yarn with these blokes and see um, yeah, just how good these things are. Of course, you got the Bulletproof DRZ250 and the DR200S as well, and if you're after something a little bit more sporty, the GSX150F, which is the full fairing version, and the GSX150 naked version. The Jigsaw Cup bikes. Um, yes. Yeah, pretty good bang for bunk there. Like, I think they're only a couple, like, two grand all in, and um, yeah, like they're one of New Zealand's best-selling bikes so far this year, which is incredible. Another one of the uh, old school, the cockroach of motorcycles, the GN125 is still available. I say that. It's not a terrible, terrible bike. It is a little bit sloppy around the edges, but it's been around for donkeys, and they just last forever. Yeah, it's a shame they don't do the 250 anymore, to be honest. Um, I 
just because yeah, the 250, it's not a powerhouse. Like it'll do 110 fl- absolutely flat tack. But um, yeah, it's just that little bit more oomph than the 125. It's sort of the 125 to me seems to be a bit restricted uh, to city dwellers and that you can't really load it up with luggage and camping gear and uh, go around East Cape or something. Well, you could, but it'd be slow. Now, another Japanese manufacturer who, to be honest, they don't have a massive selection as far as Lamb's bikes, but they do actually have more than I thought, uh, is Honda. Um, Shadow 150, CRF 250L Rally. Yeah, don't forget the regular base CRF 250L. Which interestingly wasn't on their website, but you can guess it. Um, And the CRF 450L, I assume, must fit into the Lambs category as well. I'm not 100% sure on that, to be honest, Um, because it is an alloy frame 450. The motor's based off the... uh, It definitely wasn't on their website. Yeah, uh, let's have a look at... uh, Well, you know what? Let's have a good look at Trade Me, because uh, good old dealers, they'll tell you. While you're looking at that, um, other bikes that you've got in the Honda Lambs category, the CB300R, the CMX Rebel, the uh, CB500XA, which is the semi-kind of adventure, almost V-Strom-looking bike, the CB500FA, which is the kind of naked, sporty-looking version, the CB500R, the CB650R, which I wasn't aware that they did. Uh, That is kind of the naked sports version. Then you can go the full CBR650R, which is the um, it's kind of it's kind of like the the sport version the you know the full race kind of looking yeah and according to what uh, Langlands Honda in Masterton uh, the 450L is in fact Lambs approved well there you go that's another one we can add to Honda's list uh, other manufacturers Kawasaki they've got the Ninja 400 the Ninja 650 and the Z400 uh, just the three offerings from Kawasaki though uh, no they've also got the Z650 and KLR 650, that's another cockroach of the motorcycle world. Um, the KLX 250S, which um, was recently updated with EFI, um, and the new KLX 230, which has Kawasaki's first off-road ABS system, and that's something I'm actually looking forward to having a go on, hopefully, um, sometime in the near future, because I want to know exactly what off-road ABS is and how it works. Um, and for the life of me, I couldn't understand what the press release actually said. It Basically, it's ABS, and it works both on and off-road. That's <laughs> So that'll be interesting. Triumph only have one bike in the uh, Lambs world, which I was interested to see, uh, and it's kind of one that I kind of wish I had a... Um I, I really like. I never used to like them. I used to think they looked unfinished, but in the last probably eight months, I've really, really grown to like them. It's the Street Triple 660 Lambs version. Mm, yeah, and they're cracking by it. It's a shame they're, because they're from Triumph, which is a premium brand, It's um, they're a bit on the pricey side, um, is the one thing you can probably say against the Street Triple. Um, that, and it doesn't kind of have the fancy tech that the newer Street Triples have, the 765, so you don't get like the... TFT dashboard and um, a few other bling bling bits but for all intents and purposes they're freaking awesome for a learner bike hell yeah for a lambs bike that you let's be honest is a high likelihood that you might drop uh, would you really want all the bling stuff yeah exactly um, and it's a learner bike you're going to learn how to do everything and it's plenty fast enough um, that um, 660cc 
inline triple. Um, I believe it's been sleeved just how Yamaha did the MT-07 um, when that initially came. Um, so you don't have a sort of a brick, you don't have a brick wall in the rev range where all of a sudden you've got no power. It's a nice smooth revving and it sounds awesome. It's the only triple on this list actually, I think. Mm. Uh, another manufacturer, and, and to be honest, this this list is only what we could come up with. This this isn't the... In the last five minutes before we recorded too. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not the be all and end all of all things lambs, but it's, you know, the big hitters, the heavy hitters, the most well-known bikes. Uh, BMW's G310GS and the G310R. Yeah, and that's pretty much it for BMW in the Lambs category, to be honest. Um, they're the smallest bikes, but the next, well, unless we talk about step-throughs, but we've already sort of said we're going to ignore their existence. Um, but BMW's next size bike, after those little 310 single cylinders, well, 313cc, I think they are, um, is the 850 Adventures or the yeah the F800s which is crazy um, so that's a huge jump mm, it's a big step up isn't it yeah especially if you're going from a G310GS to an F850GS like that's a massive jump in power um, but well, some people can do it in America some people start on thousands and don't immediately kill themselves so <laughs> and the final manufacturer on our list is the uh, Benelli now what have they got the Leoncino 500 the TRK502 and the new Cruiser 500 O2C. Yeah, and there's also just as a aside, there's a couple of sub models there. So there's a uh, thing it's called the Leoncino X and the TRK 502X, and basically the X means um, bigger front wheel, um, semi knobby tires, and some kind of off road potential. Um, they're another bike I'd really like to have a go on. I have this fantasy of riding um, a Leoncino X up 90 Mile Beach. I have a fantasy about riding a lot of bikes up 90 Mile Beach, actually. Hey, tell you one manufacturer that's just sprung to mind that we've actually missed on this list and it's a big gaping hole that we have missed them is KTM yeah true though you've got what the Duke 390 and the RC 390 um so yeah um well 390cc single cylinder um silly bikes they're a hell of a lot of fun but they're yeah they're so orange <laughs> I think that's um but and for a while I think they've only don't know can you still get the Duke 200 like GC Meg used to ride to be fair I can't tell you anything because their website does I, there's no every other manufacturer you go to their website there's a button for lamb spikes you go to KTM's website it reads like stereo instructions <laughs> well it's they're ready to race um they're not so focused on the whole uh, what do you got the Duke 390 RC 200 RC 390 they got to be they got to be under is there an RC 200 there now uh, according to the website yep RC 290 there's nothing under the sport tour you got the 450 rally I assume you can get that on road uh, 690 Enduro R that's that's not going to fit yeah, yeah that's about 60 grand worth of bike though that rally <laughs> is it oh it's a, a factory replica right yeah the, it's an actual rally replica bike yeah um, it's a very expensive so the, the, the 690 Enduro R that's not going to fit into lambs is it uh, no um, too much grunt and then you can't get the free ride 250F in uh, road legal guys it's a bummer um, so yeah that pretty much well, there's a big list of Enduro bikes and if you can get any of them in road legal you, you'd be doing well yeah well what is it the um, oh, I want to say EXC 250 I know that can definitely be 
Now, was it a 300? Yep, the, the 250 XCF and... Yeah, in like six days. You can get the 250, 350 and the XCF 450 as well. Yeah, I think... I, and, the, and the 350 XCF six days. Um, yeah, the six days. Well, I think that's what um, old Jess is writing these days is this uh, kitted out six days model. Um, I'm not going to lie, it looked pretty cool. I'm slightly jealous of all the adventures she has these days without us. But yeah, KTM. Um, well, briefly thinking, is there anyone... Oh, actually, there's someone else. Do Cat with the Scrambler 400. Yeah, so you got the Monster 5659 uh, Lambs approved. Yeah, you got the Scrambler 400 as well, which the Scrambler's a pretty cool bike. I haven't ridden the Lambs version. I rode the original, I think it was an 800, um, and it felt literally like a, um, like the size of the bike getting on it felt like I was sitting on a GN250 with a massive engine. Um, they're a funky, funky bike. <laughs> And they're apparently quite reliable as well, um, which you don't normally mentally associate with an Italian brand. But, yeah, apparently very reliable. Um, what was it? 35,000. Oh, a bit more than that. Um, that chap, Henry Cruz, who um, rode around the world, youngest guy to ride around the world on a motorcycle, did it on the Ducati Desert Sled, which is, I think, the 800cc long suspended version of the uh, Scrambler. So, yeah. So BMW don't make an F650 GS anymore? No, that went out of production, what, two, three years ago. Um, But then we got the G310 GS, which sat in underneath it. Um, But yeah, now we've sort of... There's a couple of Enfields in there that you can probably pick up. All the Royal Enfields are a lamb's bike. Um, The Himalayan or Himalayan, depending on how people want to... sort of pronounced it I've heard it both ways I'm not sure which is the correct way that's a kind of cool looking uh, 400cc adventure bike um, and those other Royal Enfields are like I think they're mostly almost entirely unchanged since the 1950s so like they're a genuine classic motorcycle um, that you can buy with warranty also you've got the Husk- Husqvarna 401 Svartpillen and Vitpillen that you could probably get on a Lambs uh, license you can too um, again, they're a little bit on the pricier side, but they are, they're very weedish, I think. Um, imagine IKEA furniture on wheels. Um, they're very, they've lots of angles and wings and they're really cool pieces of kit, but um, they're not everyone's cup of tea, unfortunately. But yeah, I'd go, I'd go for the, uh, which one's the uh, scrambler one, the Svartpillen 401, that would be my pick. So yeah, we've, we've kind of gone um, a little bit obscure towards the end of that list, but I mean, there is a, a massive list of Lambs bikes available to new riders. We said, it, we said actually before we kick this podcast off, we're going to do 10 minutes on Lambs bikes and then 10 minutes on bikes post Lambs. Uh, we've gone well over time on the on the Lambs bikes because the list actually is, is about five times longer than I realised it was, Matt. Yeah, well, you just spoiled for choice, which sort of got us thinking is what would be the next step so you've been absolutely spoiled for choice the trying to find your best bang for buck in that lambs sector these days no long gone are the days from when we started riding when we were restricted to 250s um thank god for that um but yeah what's sort of what would be the next logical step so you're not going to go from a like we said before a g310 gs straight up to an r1250 gs and, and even if you are for the purposes of this conversation let's say you're not i mean you're not going to go straight from a, a, a what have you got a, an r15 to a, an r1 right no unless you're um, literally related to valentino rossi um because it's 
yeah, you need to do these things incrementally. And I know a lot of people go, oh, no, nah, you'll be right. So it's all about learning your throttle control and that. It is a bit of that. But also, it's you got to have your time on these bikes building up to these things and just getting your, those muscle memories clicked in because – the minute you sort of sneeze going from an R15 to an R1, you're doing warp, warp speed and your brain's just not ready for that kind of stuff. Um, so I'd like to kick this off sort of, this is sort of one of the bikes that I had in mind thinking bang for buck. Um, it's a really good sort of option for you if you're sort of looking for that middle way, you're looking for something really fun, sporty, handles pretty well and is eye-catching but it also has a triple cylinder engine which you can't get too many of them especially if you're looking outside of triumph and i'm of course talking about the mt09 um which would be one of my picks for bang for buck i'll tell you what man you've just stolen my thunder because i was gonna say mt09 but i was actually looking at another track because i was like well i'm known as the the Yamaha fanboy but you've, you've hit the nail on the head the mt09 or if you can get a tracer variant of that would be absolutely outstanding as a next step bike and as I said, that's the bike that I was going to go for when I got my second MT-07 uh, Lambs model, uh, essentially because of price. I couldn't find one in my price bracket where I found the MT-07 just down the street in my price bracket. I had to go for it. But uh, you mentioned Triumph, uh, you know, sticking with the triples. I, I do really, really like the look of the uh, the Street Triple RS, um, the Street Triple R, and the Speed Triple. Yeah, so the Street Triple, out of those three you've mentioned, my favorite is the street triple r so not the rs which is the sort of king of the street triples and the speed triples just so much bike it's ludicrous for the road um but the r it's sort of this nice i don't know it's got plenty of grunt um but it's also got decent brakes decent suspension and everything it's just not that next tier where you could go and cut a record lap time at hampton down sort of thing like the rs potentially could um, and you save, I think, a couple of grand between them. 19 grand, uh, give or take, uh, with uh, on-roads on top of that. Yeah, so it's under 20 grand seems reasonable for your sort of your first big bike if you if you have pockets that deep. Um, I know my first big bike was definitely not 20 grand. I think I spent 11 on my first big bike. Um, but, yeah, I bought a pretty new bike. Um, but speaking of 20 grand motorcycles, um, one I did think um, is pretty good value. Um, not quite in the performance side of the whole bang for buck thing, but more in the whole package, um, is that Motocuzzi V85 TT. So it's got, um, some people will disagree with me, I think it looks gorgeous. Um, with those twin headlights. It's funny. We we, we, we plugged in t- tonight. I mean, you and I are thinking this. You're saying the things that I'm thinking as I'm thinking <laughs> them. Uh, it's funny because you said the V85 TT, and I was literally just thinking V85 TT, yes, versus the V-Strom 1000. Yeah, so V-Strom 1000, I'd probably, oof. yeah, actually, I'd, I'd probably go for the V85 over the V-Strom 1000 just because it's just that little bit more modern and it's, like it's a transverse V-twin versus a uh, a longitudinal V-twin. It's just got so much more character going for it, uh, especially, especially if you go for the, I think it's Kalahari Yellow, um, which I think it bumps up the price to 21,000. Um, but, it's but if you're on a budget, you can pick up uh, a V-Strom Thau, uh, 17999 plus on roads. Yeah, exactly. And they are capable, especially the, uh, what was it, the X model um, with the 19-inch front spoked wheel. Um, put a decent set of tyres on those bikes and they 
go pretty damn well anywhere. And like as a Suzuki, you know it's just going to go until the end of the world, which is something you can't say for some other brands. Now, if you've uh, spent your entire Lamb's life on a Tri-City 155, a good option for you uh, might be, if you want to stick with the old three-wheelers, uh, the Nikon, Yamaha Nikon. I still really want to ride that. Um I think it would be really interesting, but strange, but cool. But yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about the Nikon too. So I want to actually know if uh, if it lives up to all the hype, because it is. there's a lot of hype surrounding that bike, isn't there? Okay, so given you basically you've come off your uh, restricted license, you now got your full, you can ride anything. Uh, pick a bike. I want to hear, what is it? What, what is your bike that you're going for, hypothetically? See, that's the problem. I'd, I'd need a whole garage. <laughs> because you see, I I need at least two, right? I need at least two bikes because you said I can't have the uh, Tenere seven hundred. No, because we can't physically buy it yet. You can put your money down like you did when you, the you got your first MT seven, but uh, they're physically not here yet. They come out in December. Um, they arrive. Yeah, something like that. So you can't have a you can't have a Tenere seven hundred. I'd I'd need two. Like I, I want I want something racy that I could take to a track or you know play around on. But I also want something that I could follow my mate down the Forgotten Highway and do the gravel and not be worried about stone chips, right? Oh, is that why you're so slow? <laughs> <laughs> Just going to let that slide for a minute. Um, so yeah, I'd be, I personally would be looking at an MT-10, but then you don't want to go all the way up to that leader bike. So maybe the, the MT-09 or the MT-09 TRGT, which is the Tracer version. Yeah, the Tracer GT. Um, that's actually a pretty, that's not a silly choice. Um, I actually quite dig that bike as well. Um, capable. Uh, it's, that's a bike that you could have plenty of fun on. It's just, yeah, as you said, it's not quite the bike for going down the Forgotten Highway and keeping up with us with Noblies. So then you would still need like a DR650 SE. Yeah. Well, you can get a, or you just get a uh, V-Strom 650 XT or a V-Strom Thou, um, and you could do it all. Uh, just change your tyres. Um, for me, it's see, it's a really hard thing. I do like really like the idea of a big bike, but for me personally, like I am perfectly happy with my little 250. So if anything, I was ch- if I was changing my bike to anything, I'd be maybe looking at something completely left field, like a DR650 SE, because you can mod it and make it do the things I want it to do. Um, and I think that's a, an important thing, is don't get caught up in the Puhoi Pub Pissing Contest. Um, like, you don't have to scoot off, immediately go, all right, I've got my full license, I need to get the most powerful bike I can get my hands on. Um, because, like, you might not enjoy it. Um, you don't want the bike that you have to keep up with your mates on. You want, um, if you have to keep up with your mates by riding harder, you've got the wrong mates, not not the wrong bike. Um, So, yeah, I think that's sort of... I guess it really comes down to the question is, uh, it really comes down to the question that now that we can ride up to 650ccs, you know, approved motorcycles, uh, we're not restricted to a 250. As soon as you get your full license, is there actually any need to upgrade straight away? Well, I think you and I are pretty good... uh well, pretty good poster boys for not upgrading. Like I um, got my full license halfway through my last year of university and I decided I wasn't going to get a full power bike until after I graduated, um, which was a good incentive to graduate. Um, but also, um, I just, yeah, it wasn't uh, like, I need this right now. 
but also I think it does come down to that choice like ride what you like um, because now you've got your full license you can ride anything you damn well please uh, we're not going to stop you so essentially before you get your full there's a massive selection after you get your full there's a massive selection and that's probably one of the reasons why we do the podcast and, and, and deal with you know the journalism side of motorcycling so we get to ride everything so we don't have to put our eggs in one basket so to speak yeah and uh, if you have a bike that happens to lean a little bit more to adventure change the tyres to something like an Avon trail rider and you can ride a bit more on the roadside cha-ching <laughs> uh, shameless plug and that about uh, shameless plug exactly and that about wraps us up gotta say a massive thank you to you Matt for joining us today yeah, uh, on throttle.co.nz is your website full of interesting uh, New Zealand motorcycle rider related goodness uh, thanks to our mates at Kiwi Rider as well, kiwirider.co.nz. Check out the latest magazine uh, coming out this week. I believe there's a, uh, a Suzuki story in there where um, we took a, a few reasonably priced Suzukis that we talked about this week uh, on a wee jaunt through Wadadapa. Uh, a whole lot of other goodness in there, kiwirider.co.nz. Uh, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Podcast. Love to have your input, whether you are going to give us something to talk about up. You want to join in the conversation? Let us know what Lamb's bike you started with or what Learner bike you started with and what you're riding now. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us, powerbandpodcast at gmail.com as well. As simple as that. I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Keep the rubber side down and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Yeah.